Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members as well as NFP and Partners Financial experts. Hi, welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast. I'm Kristen Bulat, and today I have Carly Brooks, who is Head of Advanced Markets at John Hancock. Carly's here to talk to us about some of the macroeconomic pressures that we're seeing and how life insurance is affected and also can respond to those. So, Carly, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Kristen. Let's jump right in and start talking about some of the current um, factors that we're seeing in our planning environment and how those micro macroeconomic factors are driving some of the planning we're doing. Absolutely. So we know clients face a lot of different risks and challenges and are thinking about the stability of their own retirement. And right now in particular, I think it's an interesting time where you can't turn the news on without seeing a number of competing issues and challenges. So there's a lot of macroeconomic concerns right now. And a lot of those those factors do put downward pressure on equity markets. Um, So things like the growing deficit. We also know that we're at a bit of a geopolitical crossroads right now, uh, certainly with this situation in Ukraine, um, that's you know having a big impact on inflation and um, and may also you know we've seen some volatility in, in recent weeks. We also have the ongoing pandemic, so some of those COVID relief programs as well that we saw implemented as a response to the pandemic are ending. So when that happens and some of the fiscal stimulus ends, that means there might be less money in consumer pockets. Uh, we also just saw the Fed the Fed raise interest rates by 25 basis points, and so when borrowers when borrowing becomes more expensive, that sometimes can cut into corporate profitability as well, and that's also going to put downward pressure on stock prices. So when you think about all those different factors, sort of all combining into one, uh, it does give rise the potential for downward pressure on the markets as well as potential future income t- tax increases to help address some of some of those. Um, those increased costs. And so when that happens, we know there's less discretionary income to spend and that can cut into business profitability and decrease share prices as well. So just a few examples of some of the things that we've been seeing right now. And they do suggest significant headwinds with respect to the equity portfolios going forward. But I think as we'll talk about, Kristen, there's a number of of different planning uh, ideas and things that we can be looking at with our clients to help address some of these concerns. And in addition to all of those factors, there's constant discussion about inflation and its supply chain issue and how one seems to feed into the other. Can you talk a little bit about inflationary pressures and how that can impact planning? Absolutely. And that's been a real concern. I think that as you as you point out, the two are very intertwined where we have a supply chain issue that is driving increased inflation. Um, Inflation right now is really top of mind when you're when you're thinking about what's being covered sort of in the news and and we're reading about uh, inflation is is really top of the list for many consumers. Uh, The consumer price index reached a 40 year high increased over 7% over the last 12 months as of uh, the end of February 2022. And so that was actually the largest 12-month inflation increase that we've seen since 1982. Um, So pretty substantial increase there. Um, We also saw that the index for gasoline raised 38% over the last 12 months. 
And this is really an environment that many clients, I think, aren't familiar with. They're certainly not comfortable with. And it's it's definitely raising a lot of concerns. And uh, that's where I think that, you know, as a life insurance industry, we need to be, be thinking about this as we're structuring uh, structuring solutions for our clients. Mm-hmm. As I often say, life insurance is the answer to all of the questions. So um, in this instance, also life insurance can help, particularly through product selection. How can we make our product selection with an eye to sort of de-risking downward market pressure or softening market volatility. Exactly. I, I tend to agree with you. Life insurance is always the answer. Um, but when we're thinking about things like uh, all these different risks of downward market pressure and rising inflation, market volatility, there's a lot we can do within product selection. So um, we think about things clients may be comfortable with. I, I do find that Many may be comforted by the downside protection that we see built into certain products. So think about index universal life products, for example. If the markets are dropping with an IUL product where we're looking at a 0% floor, that helps to shield from some of that negative market performance. And so I think that's a really good example of just one way that we can leverage some of some leverage different types of insurance products to get some upside potential, but limit the downside protection. And it's a favorable strategy to consider. Uh, I'd also say heavily funding variable universal life contracts right now might be another really good option. So it gives you that cushion or buffer to better withstand market fluctuations. And for variable policies too, we want to be looking at what's the death benefit guarantee on that contract. So some carriers have strong death benefit guarantees on the contract and you want to see what's the downside exposure there as well. Um, And then last but not least, I do think there is also a a place for current assumption products in this market as well. So checking in with carriers to see what types of crediting rates they offer. The point is that we want to be using heavily funded current assumption products so that clients aren't exposed to the same market fluctuations, but they still get a favorable crediting rate. So depending on which product selection makes the most sense for a client's particular risk profile, there's lots of different ways we can design these. Yes. And in addition to the way we design the product, it seems that the amount of insurance you buy is important. You know, we often run into business planning situations where they did a buy sell 10 years ago and were wildly successful and the insurance is woefully insufficient for what they need now. But I would imagine that as we're doing personal planning, we need to keep inflationary pressures in mind, right? Absolutely. And I don't always think that I don't always think clients are factoring this in when determining how much coverage they need. And you bring up a good point about businesses values increasing over time and the fact that these types of plans never should be set it and forget it. So we should be monitoring the coverage needs throughout the life cycle of whatever the plan is. And so I, you know, I, I talked a lot this year about policy review and, and all of that, but um, but where that's not always happening or an option, just understanding what the impact of inflation could mean, um, you know, is sort of this idea of, is what I buy today gonna be enough for my planning needs tomorrow, whether that's my legacy plan or my business succession plan. Uh, and so Kristen, I'll share a personal story that I actually thought was uh, very interesting recently that happened to me. So. My grandfather passed away um, earlier this year, months shy of his 94th birthday. He's a World War II vet, um, you know, one of those people that worked very hard, lived modestly and wanted to leave something for his family. And something that we found fascinating when we started going through all of his documents and started settling the estate was we found a life insurance policy taken out in 1959. It had a $5,000 death benefit and that $5,000 in 2022 dollars is about $50,000 or 
875% increase. Um, obviously, we didn't adjust for inflation there. So it was a $5,000 death benefit that the family will be receiving. Uh, but if you extrapolate that for a high net worth client, it kind of just drives home that point of, you know, if you're buying death benefit for liquidity or other types of needs, and you're buying that decades ago and not reviewing that coverage um, or taking into inflation into account, it's very likely it's not going to keep up with inflation. Um, so if you crunch the numbers there, if you have, a, for example, a client that says, I want to leave my child a $1 million death benefit in today's dollars, if you do a future evaluation calculation to yield that same purchasing power in 20 years at 4% inflation, you'd need about a $2.2 million death benefit or if it's a 30-year life expectancy, a $3.2 million death benefit. So there are some solutions uh, within insurance products and designs that can help to customize uh, products to address some of these concerns with inflation. But I just think that particularly with inflation so front of mind right now, we need to be thinking about that as we're designing um, designing these policies to address our clients' different different risks and concerns. Well, some, what are some of the ways that we can design with an eye toward responding to inflation? So return of premium is one option, the return of premium rider. Rope's going to give you an increase every single year, and uh, that can you know help to address this concern of will, will things keep up. It can feel expensive as compared to not adding rope, but it can help to address some of those concerns. And you'll, you'll find in a lot of those cases, too, you'll get a very favorable internal rate of return as well. Um, another option could be increasing the death benefits, so seeing more option to death benefit designs. In particular, variable universal life has gained a lot of traction, and we're seeing that those underlying sub-accounts can grow and grow at whatever underlying investment rate is in that policy. And so that can help it to move along with inflation, depending on what sub-accounts you've selected or allocated to. So when you're funding for accumulation, uh, consider option two to keep place with inflation. And what about, um, while we're talking about inflation, I read in the news that the LTC per diem amount actually went down this year, despite the increasing inflation. Can you talk a little bit about long-term care and inflation? Of course. This has been a big one. Um, we've been calling this the per diem dilemma. And really, if you think about what this means is, um, so policies and, or riders for long-term care that are tied to the daily per diem limit, meaning the amount that can be paid tax-free for long-term care, um, what we're finding is that they may not be keeping up with inflation. And so what happened this year that was really interesting is that for the first time ever, that daily per diem amount decreased from $400 in 2021 to $390 in 2022. And so that was the first time we've ever seen that decrease. And it raised a lot of questions for, for customers and for the people that we work with to say, why would the per diem amount drop when we know that we're in this high inflationary environment? And the answer is actually found back in, in the text of the 2017 Tax Act, where the per diem amount indexing changed from what's known as regular to chained CPI indexing. And so with chained CPI, I'm not getting into the nitty gritty here, but the changes basically aren't as dramatic for inflation. So it builds into the formula, a slower rate of a slower assumed rate of inflation. Um, so basically the idea that you assume the cost of beef goes up, that people will eat more chicken. Uh, so that kind of that kind of slower assumed rate of inflation. And so when you actually crunch the numbers and plug that formula amount into the long-term care amount, um, 
it's actually all the way down to $270 per day. So if you use the tax code amount, $270 per day, we know that it's currently 390. So what's the disconnect? Uh, the secretary of the treasury has the statutory authority to set that amount higher, which they did. Um, but as I noted earlier, it's still $10 less this year. So uh, really, I think, Kristen, the question for all of that is, where does that leave clients? And um, some of that food for thought is really in selecting a product again. So the planning community, I think, might not want to select products that are tied to these amounts so that they have, you know, have greater predictability. I think a lot of clients, when they're designing their plans, desire more more predictability, greater control. And so trying to look at products that aren't tied to the per diem amount, but instead reimburse it for actual expenses incurred might be a more viable solution. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and talking about the importance of factoring in inflation when you're doing a, a life insurance design for a client. It's not just the immediate pressures we're feeling today, but really having a long-term view on is what you're doing today going to be flexible and enough to cover what happens in the future? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming and sharing your, your expertise. I appreciate it. This material is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide advice. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Hancock. Insurance policies and associated riders and features may not be available in all states. Some riders may have additional fees and expenses associated with them. Any discussion of features, values, or benefits are not guaranteed and may be subject to change. Life insurance products are issued by John Hancock Life Insurance Company USA and John Hancock Life Insurance Company of New York. This recorded material may have been recorded to support the promotion of or marketing of the topics addressed in this recorded material. Individuals interested in the topics discussed should consult with independent professionals to examine legal, tax, accounting, or financial aspects of these topics.